Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. Today is a special episode as we come to you uh, live from New Zealand. Are we talking to you in New Zealand, Logan? It's Logan Griffin from Oliver's Real Food Racing. Yep, I'm here in Palmerston North, New Zealand, just about an hour and a half north of Masterton. We were racing the New Zealand Cycle Classic last week. Uh, Logan probably won't toot his own horn, but he did very well there. He came second overall and was at one stage in the virtual yellow on the road. And uh, you took the white jersey in the end as well. Yeah, it was it was a really great week all round. Um, for, for a while there, we had the green jersey as well with Ryan Thomas and the team. Unfortunately, we couldn't hang on to that. But I think, yeah, for myself and for, for all the guys at Oliver's, it was a great result. and sort of shows how, how far we've come in the last couple of years. Of course, podcast listeners will be uh, familiar with Oliver's. They're um, one of the more present teams on the on the NRS scene, and uh, yeah, you've been racing with them on and off for three years now. Is it Logan? Yeah, um, two thousand thirteen was the first time I met Sammy over in Turin, New Kelly, when I was still oh, I was eighteen years old then. And so yeah, from there I guess rode from a bit. Um, and then, yeah, rode for the Search to Retain team for a year, but then, yeah, 16 and this year, um, yeah, riding for Oliver's Real Food Racing full-time, which is great. Yeah, not bad. Um, and it sounded like a, a hell of a race over there in New Zealand. Um, race splitting up all over the road, wind and rain and horrible conditions. Um, what, what was the, what was your, do you have a few words that sum up the race in total? Or? Yeah, it was um, it was very much sort of a race that developed stage by stage. Um, yeah, I mean the, the, the lead changed hands a couple of times, um, and yeah, some, I mean the weather did play a huge role. Um, and from the first day, you know, one minute we had sunshine, and the next minute, you know, before we reached Castle Point, it was horizontal rain and yeah, crazy. So yeah, the weather definitely changed. Uh, you played a played a big part, and especially you know the third day where sort of the GC was decided. I mean, on paper it looked like a really tame stage that was going to be another bunch kick, and um, yeah, the wind picked up and it just yeah turned into a, a real bike race. Mm. Um, well, well, we'll go through it stage by stage now. Um, we'll chuck a little break in here and come back with the um, stages one to five of the New Zealand Cycle Classic. Okay, and we are back talking New Zealand Cycle Classic and first stage. Um, it looked, it looked um, from what I saw on Twitter that it was, you know, very, it was almost apocalyptic conditions at some stages there. The wind was almost blowing riders off the road and the storm rolled in towards the end there as well. Um, what was it like out there on the road? Yeah, it started off, um, you know, pretty overcast and cold. You know, everyone was umming and ahhing about whether they should be wearing a gilet and arm warmers or just a skin suit and stuff like that. But um, it was pretty tame at the start and the break went away. But then the wind really started to pick up and the group split and reformed a couple of times. Um, and then coming into the to the finish at Castle Point, um, yeah, just the, the weather completely changed. It went from, you know, reasonable wind and sunny to just torrential downpour and um, like a howling gale and yeah it was crazy the first, the last five kilometers of the race um, you know you had to take your sunglasses off because you couldn't see anything and then your eyes were hurting it was it was it was crazy and then 10 minutes later it, it cleared up um, yeah just really changing conditions through through the whole day on day one and um, it was characterized by a big break going up the road there and it looked and it looked like that might um, go the whole way to the finish but it got brought back and then there was that late attack there by Tim Rowe which ended up taking the day um, what was your view of that from inside the peloton yeah it was um, 
pretty quick all day. I mean, first day of a tour, everyone's, you know, a bit, a bit antsy. And, I mean, everyone has fresh legs. So, you know, everyone, everyone's keen to win. Um, I think the, the, the sort of final 10 or 15K were maybe a little bit harder than a lot of people expected. So, the break came back quite quickly as we hit, you know, a really sort of sharp climb with about 10K to go. Um, and that sort of brought the breakaway back. And then after that, but and then yeah, when the when the weather opened up and we hit a final climb and the and you know the last five k, I mean yeah, no one really knew what was going on. It was a quick descent into the finish. I think I mean I didn't honestly didn't even see when Tim Rowe went um, because yeah, I think everyone was just happy to finish safely that day. Really, yeah, um, yeah. So Tim Rowe won that one by just five seconds um, from Alex Frame, who had a very good race actually from JLT Condor. He looks he looks like he's absolutely flying at the moment. And Brad Evans was there in third. And going into the second stage, there that was, I'm I'm, I'm getting my stages mixed up here because they're all they're all quite dramatic ones. But um, stage two, oh yeah, there we go. That one, that was the um, stage where it finished um, on the summit finish. There wasn't it? Yeah. So stage two was um, the Admiral's Hill stage, which um, has been in the tour before, um, but this year a little bit different. The the climb was quite a lot shorter. Um, again, you know, a breakaway went up the road, but that day was really defined by the lad attack, James Aura and a few other. Um, so, yeah, Vanti looked for that one with Tim Rowe, you know, strong climber. They shouldn't have had a problem, but I think it must have been about 20k to go, maybe. James Oram, um, so yeah, threw an attack out of nowhere. You know, the break was coming back. It looked like a bit of a formality, but he, you know, put in a back and a group went away. Um, Sam Chrome went with them um we had a we had a guy up there so we were quite happy with it um and yeah they just they just never came back avanti i guess i mean they most they sort of talked about a lot on twitter afterwards but i think they, they thought they made the wrong decision not chasing it immediately and yeah james Oram snuck into the lead yeah that was an interesting one actually because they um because they said they were uh, told to bring it back to within sight and uh they did so and um then they saw sam chrome attack away up the road and they th- figured Oh yeah, sure. We'll let that go. And uh, but little did they know that they were letting the race lead uh, ride away with that one. So anyway, Sam Chrome took the win uh, from James Oram, who moved into the yellow jersey there with Stephen Lampier in third. He's a British rider there uh, from JLT Condor. Um, yourself, uh, you were in ninth there, Logan. Um, and uh, were you just behind uh, Tim Rowe when he attacked out of the peloton there? Yeah, so coming into the final climb, the group was pretty much together. Yeah, we'd almost caught the breakaway with Oram um, and Lampier and Chrome. But yeah, everyone, no one was really committed to riding the last couple K into the climb. And we sat up for a bit. And then, yeah, up the climb, it was, yeah, it was a lot shorter than, than last year. So not as many time gaps. Um, Tim Rowe, yeah, was, was riding hard. So was, um, you know, Hamish Bond and Michael Torkler. Um, and it just sort of, yeah, split up towards the top. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, maybe the... Avanti thought that I'm sorry, Ice Away Sports, sorry, um, thought they were going to bring back the break on the climb, but I mean, Oram and Chrome are strong climbers, so yeah, they just they never came back. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so Oram moved into the yellow jersey, and that stage, Chrome was second, Lampier third, and Rowe was about 30 seconds down, and you were about a minute down at that stage, um, from the looks of things, yeah. Um, yeah, I was. Pretty pretty happy with how we went there. Um, so yeah, up around, so, yeah, holding a good GC position and yeah, keeping an eye on the white jersey at that stage was sort of the main aim for us. We'd had guys in the breakaway earlier in the tour, um, Nick Reddish and Ryan Thomas looking looking for the green jersey as well. So yeah, things were going all right at that stage for us. 
Yeah, Ryan Thomas is an interesting rider. He did a very good um, New Zealand Cycle Classic last year as well from memory. It's a race that he clearly enjoys. Yeah, yeah he seemed to enjoy um, racing over here. And yeah, yeah, he was yeah, not really on our radar last year, but after sort of, I saw that he was going to be on our team this year, so did, a bit, did a bit of research on him. And yeah, he was going really well this tour. Um, yeah, representing us in the breakaways really well and was unfortunate in the end to not walk away with the green jersey this year. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but first of all, is the third stage, and uh, was it was a sprint finish this one? Um, I didn't. I think I was doing something else this day at the Tour Down Under, so I missed the actual action from the race. But um, Alex Frame again showed that he's got some pretty good sprinting legs. Uh, took the win, and it was the Malaysian cyclist uh, Muhammad Abdul Halil who was second there from Team Sapura, and Sean Whitfield, your teammate there in third. Yeah, it was, it was a cool day that um, we finished uh, in uh, some circuits around Martinborough, which is a small town in the wire wrapper. Um, pretty formulaic day. The breakaway went away. Um, we got Ryan Thomas in the break that day. Um, yeah, coming down to the finish, um, you know, uh, the New Zealand team kept it under control. And then, you know, the last couple K, the JLT team um, took up the chase, you know, brought that back the breakaway really quick. And yeah, Shauno, um, got up to third in the stage, which we were really happy with, uh, sort of not a very eventful day that one, but I mean, with the, with the fast circuits end, it was always going to end up being a bunch of kick and JLT proved that they were the, the strongest team for that. Yeah. Was, was it an interesting dynamic? Cause, um, you guys must've been looking for a, a rest from all the hard racing after you, you'd been doing the previous few days. Yeah, that stage, we were a bit cautious of it because last year we did the same circuits and it was really quite hard because there was a bit of wind um, blowing. So it's sort of a false flat uphill on the way out and then false flat downhill on the way back. And last year it was really grippy um, with a little bit of wind. This year for that day, there wasn't as much wind. So it was just, yeah, I think we averaged 45 kilometers an hour or something for the stage. So it was a relatively easy day, um, which is good for most people. Um, not easy for the guys in the break, but in the peloton, I think yeah, everyone who could hold good position and um, yeah, had had a reasonably relaxed day. Okay, well, we're on to the big fourth stage here where we saw a lot of movement on the general classification. And uh, how about you talk us through this one, Logan, because you were in the thick of the action. Yeah, it was... Um... It was quite ominous in the morning, uh, standing at the, the motel that all the teams were staying at, um, looking out. You could see the, the black sky rolling in, and everyone was talking about how windy it was going to be. So I guess everyone was ready for it. Um, but yeah, from the start, it was it was windy and raining and sort of like more, more like the Tour of Southland, really. Um, and then, yeah, guys were trying to get away, but nothing was really sticking. Um, it was quite narrow roads. Um, and then... So as it opened up, um, John Mould went on the attack solo first and was just sort of cruising off the front. Nothing was really going. And then we came into a crosswind section and um, luckily, you know, um, uh, our team, the Oliver's guys are riding really strong in the wind and holding good position. Um, and yeah, I managed to just jump on a move that went um, and we started moving away. Um, it was uh, Ollie Jones, um, Jordan Kirby and myself. Um, we quickly sort of got across to mould. And once we got there, we could, you know, see that the bunch was not pushing too hard behind, but we knew there was, you know, some long straights coming up. So we, uh, we sort of had a quick chat and we decided, you know, we'll just keep riding steady and tempo and, you know, just kind of wait for the inevitable move to come across. Um, and then, yeah, when it when we did hear that it was coming across, you know, there was a there was a straight there coming into Marlborough, which must have been seven or eight kilometres long, just dead straight, howling crosswind. 
Um, so yeah, when we got the word from Sam Lozell on the team car that, uh, you know, the ISOA boys had split the bunch and they're coming across, you know, we just kept tapping and sort of waited for them and see what happened. And then, yeah, they, they came, Cooper came across as we're coming into town. Um, and then, yeah, we sort of had a, you know, everyone had a quick chat. I realized that, you know, I was sort of in for, <laughs> in for a pretty good GC move if we stayed away there and we had about a minute gap. So, um, yeah, Neil Vanderplug and Joe Cooper were the ones really driving the bunch, but sort of tentatively giving them as much as I could. Um, but yeah, realizing I wasn't the yellow jersey and had the white jersey pretty much sewn up then. So, yeah, it was an interesting day. Um, yeah, I mean, Sammy, Sam Lazell in the, in the team car was definitely, yeah, you know, um, getting getting everyone to try and move, uh, roll as best we could um, and stay away. And yeah, the Avanti boys were were yeah driving it hard but then yeah coming into the final it was you know we're just holding off the bunch and joe cooper um pretty much ripped everyone's legs off for three kilometers to go and rode away and split the group um you know i was in virtual yellow for a long time but you know when you're in a group like that and you've been rolling for a long time with a guy with a guy like joe cooper it was almost inevitable that he was gonna he was gonna really stick the knife in um so yeah he had an amazing ride that day and yeah deservedly deservedly i guess won the tour on that day you could say yeah, um, it must it must have been uh, quite the experience because I know I've I've heard tell of the power he can put down in, in seemingly incredibly hard situations. So um, I'm surprised that anyone was able to go with him actually, because um, he finished ended up finishing third on the stage with Jordan Kirby uh, in second and John Mould who started it all um, winning. Yeah, yeah, Kirby and Mould were sort of there looking for the stage wins, um, so a little bit further back on GC and on GC. Um, yeah, I mean they 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 knew what they needed to do, and when Cooper went, they followed him. Um, yeah, Kirby, Kirby's a classy bike rider. He knew exactly what he was doing, and um, yeah, it almost took the stage off Mold. But yeah, I mean, it was a great day for me. Um, I love you know riding in the wind, and I think yeah, I was I was really lucky. Sort of you know looking back and analysing it now that um, you know the team did such a good do- job early in the stage. You know guys like Sean Witchfield, Benji, and um, Ryan and Nick as well, just sort of keeping me keeping me out of trouble early in the stage, and then you know allowing you know being in a good position when the move went. I mean, on a windy day, it's it's just as much about being in the right position when it goes as to being you know the strongest dude in the race. Yeah, and um, the GC at the end of the day was uh, Joe Cooper moved himself up into the lead by thirty six seconds um, from you there, but uh, right behind you guys, um, or right behind you there was James Oram, just one second off John Mould, a further second, and then back to Sam Crow. There was still plenty. There's still plenty to fight for in that final stage there. Um, what was the – and the final stage was the kind of uh, Kamisi sort of course around? Uh, Mastodon. Okay. And, um, yeah, so there must have been quite a quite a lot of um, angst going into that final stage there, knowing that you're so close to taking a really good result. Yeah, it was, it was sort of a bit of a, like a tense a team meeting the day before. Like, you know, we we're obviously stoked about how we'd all been going and, you know, it was all looking really good. But, yeah, you know, one, last day of a tour – you know, thing, things can always change, especially a short race like that. Like, there's a lot of people with, you know, a lot a lot to gain and nothing to lose, really. So we were, um, yeah, I guess a bit nervous going to the stage. But um, I think all the boys were in the same mentality that it was sort of a, I guess it's almost, now you could say, like a defining moment from the team. Like, we really stepped up um, and, you know, for, you know, controlled the race between um, ISOS Sports, JLT and ourselves. And we really kind of took the race on. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Benji and Nick Reddish rode rode the front turn for turn with the with the ISOA guys all day, um, and yeah, ended up in a, a bunch sprint. But it was 
yeah, it was it was unfortunately um, the break went away, and because there were three sprints on the last day, um, Ryan lost his, his sprint ace jersey. But I mean, they were yeah, everyone was all in for trying to protect my spot on GC and and the white jersey. And yeah, like I said, uh, almost a defining moment for the team. I think you could say you know stepping up and you know right in the front, going going turn for turn with those guys. And yeah, it was it was it was really cool to to see. Yeah, I was I was very surprised to hear that James Oram got in that breakaway move. I'm, I'm surprised you guys let him move at all. Yeah, it was interesting. So yeah, the the break went and then he whacked it and just yeah went went straight across quite quickly. But um, I think we did the right thing. Um, you know, while the break was going, it sort of became quite apparent that um, you know the Oliver's team, ourselves. Um, Iceway Sports and JLT were all interested in you know having a bunch sprint. Like that was that was a plan for the day. And at the end of the day, you know, I think it might have been six or seven guys got away, but there were twelve dudes. You know, team committed to riding. Um, and on a circuit like that, you know, with the horsepower that we had, yeah, they they weren't really going anywhere. And I think you know we played it calm and just backed ourselves. We're going to bring it back. And in the end, I mean, it, it, the move came back relatively easily or easily from my position sitting on, you know, the boys had to work hard, but it was sort of under control all day. Oh, good. And um, in the end, it was another win for Alex frame in the sprint uh, from Luke Mudgeway and uh, Neil Vanderplug there in third. Um, what's, what's, what's Luke Mudgeway doing this season? Cause he was with, he was with the then Avanti team uh, last year. Has he got a team for this year? I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything. Um, yeah. looks a, a friend of mine from, uh, from way back in where rode his juniors and stuff. But I think, yeah, Luke's really focusing on his track riding as well. I mean, he's a junior world champion on the track and involved in the New Zealand track program. So I think that's kind of where his focus is this year. But yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a quick sprinter and he proved that, um, proved that this week. Um, so yeah, he's definitely riding really well on the road. But yeah, as far as I know, he doesn't have a team for 2017 at the moment. Hmm, okay. And uh, Alex Frame, of course, he, he pretty much cleaned up in all of those sprints there. Um, what was What was the impression of him in the peloton there? Oh yeah, he's a pretty quick dude. Um, yeah, he's he's a he's a classy bike rider, and yeah, the team that JLT brought to this tour, um, you know, John Mould and they did Clancy here as well. Um, those guys were were impressive um, when they took over from a K to go. You know, there was nothing anyone could do about it. Um, you know, we you know there are a few other sprinters in the bunch. Um, the Malaysian riders had had a, had a good sprinter there. Um, we had um, Sean O from Oliver's. He was going well, but I mean. Yeah, they they just had so much horsepower, and A frame was so quick. He was whenever it came down to bunch kick, they were pretty confident. Well, it sounds like a a great race. Um, what do you what are your takeaways? A great performance from yourself. Um, are you are you looking to build on that further into the season? Yeah, yeah, I I definitely am. Um, Oliver's Real Food Racing. Um, we've got a few more UCI races lined up. Um, over in Asia later in the year, so it'll be really good to ride those. Um, but I think the the biggest takeaway from from us as a team is just how we stepped up. Um, you know, when I when I first met Sammy and the guys three three or four years ago, you know, they were one of the small teams in the NRS, and you know, just happy to have riders finish. And I think I was there the first time when Harrison Monday cracked a top ten. No, yeah, cracked top top ten at a race, and and they were stoked. And now, you know, I can see the progression how quickly in those couple of years we moved up to being one of the you know one of the real teams can make a difference and hopefully this race serves as a really defining point for our team that you know we've really stepped it up and we can you know compete with some of the bigger continental teams 
Yeah, well, um, you're you're top dog there now. Um, everyone's gonna have to go out and try and beat your second your second place finish there. Um, what 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 races what races are we gonna see you guys in performing soon? Uh, so the next one for us is uh, we're actually racing on Sunday, a race here in Palmerston North, a gravel and tar, a one day race with um like 30 kilometres of gravel road in it. So that'll be a bit of fun. So um, we got some riders doing that. So uh, we convinced um, Benji and Carl to stay over and stay in New Zealand for a bit longer. But the next sort of uh, the next big race, the team is um, the Tour of the Philippines in a couple of weeks. Um, so we went over there last year. Um, it was our first sort of Asia Tour race. And I think this year we're, we're taking a really good team. Um, I'm going to be going over there. And yeah, hopefully we can, you know, continue to build on what we've achieved here. Yeah, well, all the best for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, Logan. Um, sounds, sounds like it was a pretty awesome race over there in New Zealand. And uh, hope to see you over here in Australia soon, tearing up the road. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be coming over for the for the NRS. And um, yeah, re- really looking forward to it. And yeah, really looking forward to sort of building on this with a, a, good year's, uh, a good year's racing with the Oliver's Real Food team. Okay, cheers, Logan. Catch you cool. around some time. No worries, thank you very much. Okay, thanks for joining us. Bye.